and welcome to Dwell, a Circe Institute podcast for homeschool moms by homeschool moms. I'm Emily Hill, and joining me are Karen Kern and Renee Mathis. Hey, friends. Hi, Emily. Hi, Renee. Good to see y'all. All right. About, I guess it was about a year ago now, we shared a conversation on Dwell about habits in our homes. This is such an important part of not only homeschooling, but also of just a full and rich life that we ended up devoting a couple podcasts to that topic. And as the well-known quote says, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but a habit. If repeatedly doing something is a formative part of who we are as humans and mothers, then it is worth adding to this conversation with a practical habit that has been an influential part of my own homeschooling. And I'm guessing for many of y'all as well. And no, I'm not talking about morning coffee. although. I would argue that morning coffee is as important as our topic of conversation today. Just throwing that out there. But we all know that how we start our day matters. On May 17th, 2014, William McRaven gave his famous make your bed speech. Have you all heard that? He says in this speech, if you want to change the world, start off by making your bed. If you make your bed every morning, you will have accomplished the first task of the day. It will give you a small sense of pride and it will encourage you to do another task and another and another. Now we probably could spend the next 30 minutes talking about the importance of making our bed or our children making their beds. And you would probably agree with this premise, but let's jump into another morning routine that many of us have found equally important in helping connect us to our kids and set the tone for the day. Gathering together as a family at the beginning of the day is a vital rhythm with deep benefits. And this idea of a morning family gathering or sometimes called morning meeting or morning liturgy, morning time or basket time, it goes back to Charlotte Mason who encourages the coming together at the beginning of the day before our students or kids go off to their individual studies. Charlotte Mason says that education is an atmosphere. And it's not just the list of subjects that we grind through in a day, but it's a prevailing tone or mood that we set. So this practice of a morning gathering is a habit that my family started off when my kids were little bitty. And we've actually continued on with it even to this day with a 16, 14, 13, and 11-year-old. So what is this? Let's talk about it. What is morning time exactly? And why is it a big deal? Karen, thoughts on this? So I think that it's a really big deal because it does create an atmosphere because it's not just something that children are sent off to do. It's not something that a curriculum that mom purchased is informing us about and telling us to do, but rather it's an activity that the entire family, mom and children are doing together. So Mom is learning too. Mom is praying too. Mom is singing the hymn too. Mom is learning the poem too. All the things that are being done are being done in community with each other, with all of the children, um, regardless of their age. You know, some sometimes high schoolers leave early to go do something. Sometimes the younger ones leave early to do something. Sometimes the toddler's in and out. Sometimes the baby's crying. But we're all together for at least a portion of it. And we do it at the beginning of the day, which makes a statement that it's really important. And it shows that we can um, accomplish a lot in a very short amount of time. So if your morning time is 20 minutes, that's not a very long time, but it gets a lot done. And, um, 
you know, you can make it longer if you're including reading aloud. But um, it's important also because it's it's what your family chooses to do and you're making the choice together and it's creating your own family culture. So I'll let Renee jump in with more of um, what she thinks about that. I, I think morning routines are wonderful and morning habits are wonderful. Um, we, we didn't have anything this formalized when we were homeschooling. Um, I had never heard the word before, but I will say that I, I can, I can definitely speak to this from the viewpoint of when I was teaching in the classroom and having a morning routine to open every day that we met was so, so valuable and important. And, and you don't realize that the kids miss it until you forget to do something that you you set up this routine of doing and they're like well 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 you know you forgot to do this part or this part so um you know just simple things i always started with prayer um in my classrooms we always um started in some of the classes then we followed that with a poem and then i'd ask them how their week was going and then you know we just kind of had this routine that we we fell into and um it, and it was important and it, you're right it sets the tone for how the rest of the day is going to go. And, and I would also say for homeschool moms, it's wonderful because whatever, you know, you do the thing, the first thing in the morning, it shows that that's your priority, that this is important to us. So maybe, you know, it was reading aloud and we always had a certain time for when we read aloud because we didn't want to, we didn't want to leave that out. It was too important. So you want to make sure you get it done early before everything in the day starts crashing in on you. Um, so it shows your priorities, but it also, it, it helps to make sure that you get those, that family time in again, before everybody splits apart and goes to, you know, to do their own thing. And it's kind of, it's an overflow, I think of, you know, this is what's important to our family. This is what's important in our home. And it's so important that we're going to create time for it and make it a priority. And you're communicating that to your children just by doing it. You don't even have to tell them, you don't say, you don't have to say all right, you guys, reading our Bible is really important or praying together is really important. Um, just the simple act of gathering together, there's a great beauty in the siblings coming together because they're in different grades. They're doing different things. Maybe there's a few things that they connect on. Maybe you've got a couple kids who do Latin together or writing together. Um, but at least for the stage of life I'm in now, I have a fifth, seventh, ninth, and 11th grader they can't have their own studies and their own things. So just starting the day off with this atmosphere of we're in this together. We're doing this together. We're living our lives together has really been such a beautiful thing. And it has morphed. So um, I'm sure many of y'all could throw ideas out there. And if you have ideas, we'd love them. So throw ideas out there on the Facebook group for sure with it for the different ages and stages. Um, but Choosing this as a habit of priority has been transformational for us in just like other habits, whether it is making your bed, right? I wake up and that's a choice I have to make. Am I going to make my bed? Am I not going to make my bed? Um, and I like morning, the morning gathering is a habit of choice because we actually are really, really busy. I, when you ask someone how you're doing, 99% of the time, most people come back and say, oh, I'm so busy. And so when you do have that list of things to do, like, oh, they got to get their math in. Oh, they have to get their writing in, whatever it is. Sometimes the morning gathering is not as high on that list. But I guess I do encourage you. It is a time of 
setting the tone for the day. Um, not only not only spiritual. That's I mean, of course it does that. Um, if you're starting off your day in prayer or um, reading scripture together, whatever it is, um, morning times more than that, and we'll talk about that. But it creates a physical and emotional bond in your family, which is something all of us mamas want, actually, for our kids. There's a, a, a fun quote that I have by Anne Voskamp years and years ago. She, she put this list out of different maxims, you know, I'm like a maxim person. I love it. And one of them was, there are no emergencies, only amateurs hurry. And I have that on my refrigerator, just as sometimes we get up a little bit later or things are going a little bit crazy. I'm like, I'm just going to skip. I'm just going to skip morning time. It doesn't matter. And I mean, we do skip morning time sometimes. That's fine. Um, but just a reminder, this is not an emergency. Like I can sit down for five minutes with these kids and do this. So then the question is, and it's all out there. I mean, there's, there's so much information on this. So, but I want to hear from y'all. What do you do during morning time? Like, what is it? It, we know it sets the tone for the day. It connects us. It, it starts our day off well as a family um, and for our own hearts. Um, but practically speaking, what do you do during morning time? And is there a difference between having a bunch of toddlers and having a crew of teenagers or what? Any thoughts on what is it? Well, I, I think a lot of it, of course, like you said, is going to depend on the ages of the kids. Um, one really sweet example that comes to mind is a couple of years ago in my apprenticeship, um, one of the apprentices was pregnant and we had a little surprise baby shower for her during our retreat. And as a gift, we all put together a morning basket for her to use with her kids because she had a a wide age range. And I'm just going to throw this out there. It's a beautiful idea for a gift. If you ever get a chance to do this for somebody, Um, one of the gals in our group crocheted a blanket. So, so putting in a neat fuzzy little blanket in there that, you know, either mom and baby could wrap up in, or maybe a couple of the kids could wrap up in. Um, I think a pretty coffee mug was in there because yes, coffee is important or tea if you have to. Um, (laughs) Drink. Um, we put in a Bible story book, a poetry book, um, a good book of read aloud stories. So I think, you know, any of those can all be components of your morning time. Maybe you're doing a composer study um, and it's just something more fun to do as a group because you can listen to the song together and you can read a little biography of the composer's life or maybe you're doing art study together. Um, so I think really the, the neat thing about morning time is that it's anything that can cross the, um, the age ranges that you could all enjoy together. And since you're not teaching a specific skill, like a math skill or a reading skill or a grammar skill, you can involve a lot of the ages, which, which makes things like poetry and music and, and art wonderful because everybody can contribute to that discussion. And really when they're, when your kids are little, it might be that you can do everything in morning time. Like it's like kindergarten, you know, down to 45 minutes or, or whatever. And then you can, you know, if, if your child, if you want to work on their handwriting or their math, well, math paper, then that's, that's something else, but you can get all the content in in morning time that you want to. When we were homeschooling, I didn't do morning time with everybody together um, because often 
Well, for one period of time, our older boys went to a co-op three, two or three mornings a week, but had the younger three at home. So then we did morning time with them. It was mostly, um, we did Bible story and we prayed. And I think for a long time, that was what we did. Then when I taught third grade, um, I expanded that into, we pray, we do our Bible story, we do a poem, we did some other memory work, maybe our timeline song. It was, it was more, it was more things, more structure, but like you were saying, Renee, if you missed one, they would call you out on it. And um, it, it, it was just a really great way to start every day in the same pattern every day. And it, so all of that planning was done for me because I knew what was coming and they all knew it was coming. It was a way to knock out a lot of stuff fast and enjoy it together. And it really does morph over the years. When my, when my kids were all in the same co-op, we had, um, we had set memory work that we did together and some set reading that we had together. So again, to your point, Renee, it was a great time that I could kind of span some ages and grades there and do it all together. So we were able to do all those things together. Um, now I have three in one co-op and then one in another one. Um, and then my own things I kind of want to do with them. So we don't do all of that memory work together. I actually just do it with my youngest once my older ones who have their own classes and their own things. Once they go off to their work, I just do that with her now. Um, so I think it's really asking, what do I want my children to know and love? So it starts at, you know, morning time's not a thing. It's not, it's not a thing like, here's the formula for it. Right. It really is up to you as a mom. This is what I love about it. It's not like, Hey, here's your math curriculum. You have to do this. It's up to you. Like, what do I want the culture of my family to be? What do I want them to know and love? Um, and I know families who do things like multiplication facts and things together during their morning time. Um, we honestly have never done that, but I think it's a great idea. I love that idea. And, but I have always just thought, what do I want them to know and love? And I've kind of chosen the things based on that. Right now, we currently have our, we have a, a Lives of the Saints book that we're reading together and we have our prayers. And then um, we have a John Muir naturalist book that I just love. And then we have a poetry for every day of the year. So those are, ours is pretty simple at this point. We, it takes us about 20 minutes or so with kids going all places and doing all things, that's about kind of what I have time for now. And then um, I love one of the other things Renee said about kind of checking in, um, like, hey, who's got what? How was your week? Um, so we do that every morning gathering. Let's check in. What, what, tell me what you have today. And the kids actually tell me all the things that they have that day. I mean, I already know the things that they have, but it's good for them to take responsibility of like, here's the classes I have. Here's the homework I have. This is what. This is what I need you for, me as a mom. Um, this is what I can do by myself. So it's also a great sit down, check in together, um, and just see where see where our day's going to go. And I, I think it can also be like a family council time because often, you know, everybody gets busy, you have church activities in the evening or sports or something, and you're not going to be there for dinner. But this is this is a good time of the day when you can actually all be there without devices going. It's really countercultural, actually, too. 
But you could also say, you know, yesterday wasn't such a great day around here. What happened and how can we improve on that? And, you know, age appropriate discussions about about all kinds of things. Like it's because you have them all right here. And so you can talk about whatever needs to be talked about. You've kind of got the floor as a mom. Yeah. I will tell you, as your kids get older, you don't always have the floor. So <laughs> take it when you have it. <laughs> so it, it's a great opportunity for what we call um, the beauty subjects. So I would say this is a really important one of whether, uh, whether that's music, art, poetry, those are things that span all of, um, all of the grades and ages. So whether that's your art study and I do, like, I love the Simply Charlotte Mason art studies. They're beautiful. We've used those for a decade and they're just, there's your art prints right there and you can hang it up on your board and it's just a small five minutes, whatever, even maybe even not that three minutes, um, just have this art piece or sometimes we'll play music in that. But again, it's just asking yourself, what do I want our family to know and love? Cause it is easy to hear, hear whether it's podcasts like this or all the different resources out there that in, in our morning gathering we did. And it's just this long, huge list of all the things. Um, and maybe that, maybe that works. Maybe that doesn't work for your family. Um, reading aloud is a big one on that too. If you have time for it, you can add that in, but maybe you don't. That's all right. Karen, what were you saying about like oh, the perfectionist? That, perfectionist yeah. in morning time? <laughs> well, just now when you were talking though, I, w- I was thinking that even though it's maybe, maybe some days it's five minutes and some days it's 20 minutes, over a period of years, you accomplish so much. Like you think about all the Bible stories you read, all the stories, all the poems you've memorized together or or maybe just read together. You don't have to memorize every poem that you read. But the quantity over time is what's astounding, really. You know, little habits are life-changing. And I think this is one of the areas where you see that. Uh, but you asked me about perfectionists. So. Or what do you do when your kids make it hard to stick to the plan? You know, whether you have, let's go opposite ends of the spectrum here, whether you have a baby who's crying or toddlers that are literally just like tumbling all over the place or wrestling or whatever it is, um, or you have teenagers who are, they're off in their own world and like, well, I've got to go. I've got this class. I have this paper due. I have this, you know, I can't, I can't hang out for morning time. Well, first of all, the the more perfectionist we are, the more perfectionist the more frustrated we'll be when it doesn't go exactly as we planned. And so if you have a toddler who's interrupting, if you have a baby that's crying, sometimes you just have to stop and deal with that. Sometimes you bring them in, sometimes you put them on your lap. Sometimes you give them special box of toys or Legos or whatever it is for them to play with at morning time. Um, Homeschool mothers are so good at having all those little tricks up their sleeves for dealing with toddlers and babies and just continuing on because that's the stuff of life. But I think, and at at some point it's like other areas of homeschooling, you have to say, I know how you feel about this or whatever it is, but we have to do this for this period of time. So I know some, so sometimes with a teenager, you're going to say, I know that you have this pressing thing. I get it. Go do it. And other times you're going to say, you know what, for this 20 minutes, you're going to stay with us and that's okay. And sometimes they might be grumpy about it, but that's okay too. You know, you just, every day is going to look a little different and you have to just flex like every homeschool mother does. 
Yeah. And sometimes, you know, there will be seasons. I think like Karen said, you maybe you do all your morning gathering together with the big group and you get the, the priority things done first, whether, you know, and that's going to be different for every home. Maybe, you know, priority is um, a Bible reading and a prayer. And, and, a, and a quick rundown of the family schedule that day. Um, and maybe that's the most important thing. And at that point, you let the older kids go and go off to their, write their papers or do their calculus or whatever. And you stay behind and you start read aloud with the younger ones. There's, you know, there's no, again, the morning time police aren't going to show up at your house if you do it a little differently than your next door neighbor does. That's okay. Um, we can all flex on that. But um, the thing with habits like this is you, you can draw from some basic habits habit training, you know, 101, which is, first of all, take away the obstacles. Um, what is getting in the way of morning time? And figure out what what do we have to, what obstacles can we take away in order to make this happen? Um, maybe it's, I need to lay out the breakfast stuff the night before so that we can all eat and be ready for morning time by a certain time. Maybe, maybe the breakfast is, maybe everyone's eating breakfast at a different time and that's causing you to have a hard time gathering at one point. Um, or, or maybe your obstacle is maybe you need to re reassign chores for later in the day or something, but whatever it is, try to figure out what, what will it, what will it take to just get us to show up? Because that's really the first step in any habit is showing up. It can be the tiniest, tiniest little baby step possible. As long as you show up, if you can show up, most of the battle is won. Because then after that, you start adding a little tiny bit. And before you know, it snowballs and you've added a little more and you've added a little more. Um, and, and the habit just by then, you're okay, right? But um, I read this quote recently and, you know, and it says you have to standardize before you optimize. Don't worry about the perfect morning time. Just worry about having a standard every morning. Let's just show up and, and take it from there. So take a deep breath and, and give yourself grace and your kids grace and know that it's not going to look perfect and that's okay. And it turns out the time is there. I've, I've recently been thinking about that in, in all of our busyness that we do have time for the things that we want to have time for. And I was thinking that, about that since I, I have one child who has a 7.15 a.m. online math class that goes to 8.15 a.m. And then the next one starts their class their math class online at nine. So I have this like 45 minute window and it, it requires, it requires some thought of, all right. And when do you eat breakfast and when are they, you know? Um, so that's our morning time. We have a morning time in between eight 15 and nine, somewhere in there. And I will say after all these years, I've been doing this since my kids were so small. I still at times am like, I have 45 minutes. I got to get going. I have to get going on this day. I mean, we have things to do today. It's like the to-do list is long. Um, but I just remind myself again and again, this this is the most important thing. And I'm reminded of the story of Mary and Martha and how Christ says that Mary chose the needful thing. And in this case, the, the needful thing for is prayer. That is the needful thing that Mary chooses. And I look at this time of gathering together as a family, which does include, it does include prayer, but it is a liturgy. It is a coming together and it, it's the, the rhythms of home and beauty and goodness that is formational in the life of my kids and myself too, to be honest. And, you know, this is the time that I have, I, I'm reading this 
this book, the life, one of life of the saints. And, you know, we'll come to the end of the chapter. And one of my girls is like, read another one, read another one. I mean, if just creating that space for this, that I wouldn't have anywhere else in the day, actually one o'clock's not going to cut it because we are moving on at one o'clock. So as, um, as St. Benedict said, it's one of my favorite quotes. He says, always we begin again. So if you're like me and you just have come to the place that sometimes you, you, you know, hit it, it's hit or miss sometimes, just begin again. Rhythms and routines are really hard, actually. So morning time is a habit and one worth making. So just as, as Renee said, just start. Just a small start. Maybe it is a prayer and a poem. Maybe you have an hour or maybe you have five minutes, but create this atmosphere with your family that is life-giving and connecting. Any any last words, ladies, on the morning gathering? No, just do it. Mm-hmm. Jump in. All right, and press on. All right, well, thank you. And here's to home. <laughs>